Welcome to Shrinking It Down, Mental Health Made Simple. I'm Gene Bereson. And I'm Steve Schlossman. And, and this is, I want to say it. Oh, okay. I'm going to say it. This is episode one, issue one. But this is the beginning. This is our first show. And we're here to be a trusted resource for practical guidance about your mental health. Our job is to make mental health and mental illness ridiculously simple, to kind of break it down, to help you understand it, and give you some ways of kind of coping with situations that occur in your daily lives, right? I mean, that's yeah, yeah. And what it's, we're trying to it's do. It's a bit of a misnomer for us to say ridiculously simple because there is nothing simple about it, nor is there anything ridiculous about it. It's a very complicated issue, and the problem is as much as mental health, especially child mental health, is covered in, in the press, it's usually covered poorly. It's usually covered very concretely, and usually there are many things that are not true. If you don't know the good from the bad, from the ugly, I mean, you, you can't figure out, you know, what's real news and what's fake news. And as shrinks, we're coming out of a clinical experience that we want to convey to you. But we're not going to talk that way. We're going to tell stories. We're going to describe what we see in everyday clinical practice. We're going to talk about what we see in society. And we're going to be talking about what all of us experience because, frankly, mental health and mental illness is a part of our, of our fabric. Yeah, absolutely. And if I could just add one thing before we get to today's topic, we're also going to talk about what you want us to talk about. So if you write to us and say, I would like you to discuss this issue, we'll do it. What's our topic today? The topic is, well, the question is, do kids have mental illness? And there's, there's a film, Mental Illness and Kids, and then the question is, do kids have mental illness? So the way we made this film is our filmmaker, Eric Liu, went to the Boston Common and asked a bunch of random people the one question, do kids have mental illness? Because we wanted to know what people actually thought and felt about this interesting question. And what do we find? Right, so we're not asking this question rhetorically. We, we think that kids can have mental illness. We think that all of these mental challenges We don't just think, we know kids. We know kids right. can have mental right. illness. We posed it as a question because we'd like to discuss it as a question. Uh, we'd like to sort of look at these issues. And what was so interesting to me when I watched the footage was that folks out there really kind of touched on all the things that really, you know, are applicable to, to, to the question of whether kids have mental illness. They talked about the fact that some kids really do have mental illness. They're really, they've really got neurobiological, emotional problems. They have difficulty getting along with other people. They have a biological, they may have a biological problem. They raise that issue, which may be genetic and runs in families. They talked about kids' psychological and emotional problems. They talked about things like PTSD that the kids didn't actually bring about themselves, but that one guy, talked about how his father gave him PTSD because he was an abused child. So they really understood, I think, in a broad way, that mental illness does exist, and it may be biologically driven, it may be psychologically driven, it may be driven by elements in society, but that it causes some kind of a problem in a child's um, thinking, feeling, and behaving. Is that a fair, yeah. a fair summary? Yeah, I mean... 
this may sound like we're undoing what we said earlier. Yeah, we're shrinking it down, but in doing that, we're going to complicate your thinking. So, so Gene just said there could be a biological aspect, a social aspect, a genetic aspect, a, uh, an environmental aspect. The way we tend to think about these things is what they call the stress diathesis or the stress predisposition model. You've got this internal predisposition. doesn't mean it's going to happen. Only 30% of the people who are traumatized go on to develop PTSD. So not everybody who has a significant trauma gets PTSD. Right. But you have to have a biological predisposition and then some external stressor. So, for example, kids who tend to be more sensitive and anxious, I mean, the studies, for example, after 9-11 showed that sensitive, anxious girls who witnessed the tragedy of 9-11 were more prone to PTSD than other kind of kids. And in part, it's because of their innate sensitivity and their anxiety. But this is where it gets complicated. This is why this video is so important, because this data was found more commonly in girls. And, and the interesting part here is that PTSD is actually not that much more common in girls than in boys. Right. So is there something about our culture that didn't allow the girls to process this in the same way that we allowed the boys? These are the kinds of nuances that we hope to engage you in in these discussions. It's the kind of thing that actually gets us all excited. Despite all our joking, these are the questions that we love asking and also the questions that we confront every day in our clinical work. Yeah, and you know the other thing to make this even more complicated, and here we are talking about mental health made simple and we're talking about complexity, is that some kids that have a behavioral problem that may be really challenging, you know, like a temper tantrum or like maybe, you know, or, or that isn't, kids that aren't eating or sleeping or getting their academics done may not have a mental illness. They may be struggling with something that's just a phase in their life. You know, uh, as parents, I know, you know, I'm always asked by other parents or patients, you know, what's wrong with my child? And, 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 and after I hear the story, it's, I have to help them figure out, is this a phase that's going to go away? Or is this something that's going to actually continue throughout life? Because if it's a bona fide mental illness, the likelihood is, is that it will, there will be persistence over time. Yeah, it'll wax and wane. And, you know, the flip side of that is that you can get in a lot of trouble if it, if it, even if it's a phase, right? So oh, you bet. it's not as if some kind of intervention couldn't also be useful. These are all the things we're going to talk about as these, as these um, webcasts. And, and, and one of the things we do know, which is really, I think, the other reason for the, um, for the existence of the Clay Center, is that in bona fide mental illness, uh, and I'm talking about depression, anxiety disorders, learning disabilities, um, oh, tick disorders and Tourette's, um, OCD, all these things that we're going to be, you'll be hearing about, you know, from one time or another here. 50% um, of these disorders begin before age 14. That The disorders that last for life, off and on, begin, and 75% of them begin before age 26. And, and let me ask you, what percentage of those are actually diagnosed before age 14? Oh, a very small number. Right, right. So that's the other thing we're going to talk about is access to, to care. So there was an APA meeting, APA, the American Psychiatric Association, in Toronto. This was about 10 years ago. My mother-in-law lives in Buffalo, so I stayed with her and then drove across the border into Toronto. Stopping at the border crossing, 
uh, I can't remember if it's the Canadian or the U.S. Um, you know, border guards asked me what I was going, what I was doing. I said I'm going to this meeting. They said, "What do you do for a living?" I said, "I'm a psychiatrist." They said, "Really?" And I said, "Yeah, I'm a child psychiatrist." And then the border crossing guard got really upset and said, "Come on, it's just bad parenting, isn't it?" I mean, it, what? Well, how could you possibly make a profession out of this? That's why we're doing these podcasts because it's so much more complicated than that and that is not fair to the kids or the parents okay and now it's time in our show which we'll do every video podcast for what we call monumental mental health myths okay so and herman our pal here I don't know what happened to the top of his skull, but Herman is going to have questions. So here's one for you. So this one could have been said by that border crossing guard. If they just had better parents, they'd be fine. That is a myth. That is so not true. We know that, right? Because we know, and this is the sad fact of the world, there's a lot more bad parenting out there than there are kids with mental illness. It's not a good thing. It would be great if we could help parents to be better, and that's part of our goals. But at the end of the day, kids are really resilient. You cannot blame this entirely on poor parenting. In fact, I'm not even sure how to define poor parenting. Well, yeah, me too. And, you know, it's interesting. One of my um, favorite, um, all my patients are my favorite patients, but one of my favorite patients came out of family therapy, and she said, one of the things that we learned was that everyone and no one is to blame. Which means we all had a part in whatever problem we were, problems we were dealing with. Yep. It, it, casting blame just doesn't get us anywhere. No, these are all dances. People are dancing together. Right. So what's the myth for me? Oh, Whoa. sorry, Herman. Here, right, leave, no, leave Herman alone. Read the damn myth. Don't. Uh, I want to, uh, Herman, Herman likes to see what's going on. Read. Okay, this is a myth. There's no such thing as mental illness in kids. They're just acting up. How many times do we hear he or she is just acting up for attention or they want to get something or they're being manipulative, but, you know, there's no... It may be that they're just acting up, but some bona fide psychiatric disorders cause disruptive behavior. If you're wired aggressively, impulsively, lacking attention, I'm thinking of kids with very, very severe like ADHD or neuropsychiatric processing problems or, or bipolar disorder in kids, they want to do well. They can't control themselves. If you ask them when they're adults, you know, you were such a difficult kid, they'll come back and they'll say, you know, I was out of control. I wanted to be good. I just couldn't control myself. The problem is, is that if a child has a psychiatric disorder, they often don't have control over their Actually, own feelings and behavior. You know, I think it's the most complicated time. It's when you have a kid who's kind of a pain and also has a psychiatric disorder. Yeah. That's the most challenging, right? Because you have to sort of understand with the teachers, yeah, he's difficult. And that has nothing to do with the psychiatric stuff. But he also has psychiatric stuff, and you're confusing the two. Right. Right. So, I mean, it gets complicated really fast. But what and you just read is way oversimplified. 
Right. I mean, there really is mental illness in kids. And what we have to sort out is what is the nature of this mental illness? Um, and I don't really like the word mental. I mean, much of these are, you know, disorders that occur thinking, feeling, behaving, emotions, and they affect everybody. But when a kid has a problem or an adult has a problem, the most important thing is to try to understand what's underneath it, what are their strengths, what are their weaknesses, how can we help them cope better, how can we help them control themselves, and how can we control ourselves from not overreacting and taking things out on them. Because far too often, whether it's parents, teachers, or anybody, we just kind of like go after them as if they're like bad. Or even worse, we ignore them. Oh, we ignore them, right, yeah. So, I hope you enjoyed this. And if you have any questions or comments, as Steve said, please write to us, tell us your stories, join the conversation, use this film to watch and discuss it with others and with your kids, and um, uh, let, us know, uh, let us know how we can help and what we can do. I'm Gene Baresi. And I'm Steve Schlossman. Thanks for watching.